I work. Like, I don't go in no office and sit my ass down. I work. On our iron operator, goddammit. And the thing is, even if we were fully operational without it, I figure, who is it? Ronda Rose say, I'm not a do nothing ass bitch. What's going on, good people? It is Israel, right? Terrence Alexander with Real Business Talk TV. We promise to tell you all the truth about business. Let's go. All right, so we are here today with Terry, the chief executive creative director here at Bando ATL in Atlanta, Georgia, the Food Museum. Museum. Yeah, man, Terry, thank you, bro. Appreciate you for you know, jumping on today. Uh, thank y'all for, you know, coming. Thank y'all for having me. There we go. I started my business career not too far from here, right here down here on Fulton Industrial 17. So I'm very familiar with this area, man. I like what you got going on, man. It brings back a lot of memories, just looking around, seeing some of the culture, so. Appreciate it, appreciate it. That's, that's one of the things that we really wanted to do here was kind of showcase the black art and the black culture throughout Atlanta and throughout just everywhere. And explain what the Bando Food Museum is, like if the people don't know. Uh, so the Bando Food Museum is, is it's a restaurant. You can come in and order wings, but we're more like a museum. So. When you come into the bando, a lot of people get lost in the art. Uh, people that don't even like the food, they like the art. Like <laughs> people will go on Google and be like, um, I didn't like the food, you know, the food was cold. My pictures were fire as hell though. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. okay, so let's leave with that then. Yeah. Uh, so um, what we do here is we really just showcase black art. When we first started, we had a just a array of black art. It was just a conglomerate of ideas that had no direct vision or so or, who's the creative behind the art like uh, me yeah. <laughs> so how did you how did you come up with the vision to do this like you how did you come up with the vision like tell us um, tell people. well originally me and my partner were teachers and we wanted to open the school so it was like okay we're gonna open a restaurant to raise money for the school. And then we got in here and it was okay. So, cool, okay, cool, cool. you wanted to open up a restaurant. Who yeah. was the cook though? Like, Well, yeah. we hired a cook originally. Okay. And how did that work out? Um, I'm still cooking today, so. That's pretty much what it is right now. And what type of school did you want to open up? Uh, we were opening up a special needs school for boys in Atlanta, because that's what we both taught with special needs. We wanted to open up a school for boys with behavior problems, not boys that um, have, you know, physical disabilities, but ones that are labeled special ed because they get in trouble. Yeah, and that's a big thing in the black community. Definitely. Yeah, and a lot of those boys get, like I said, the bad rep early, but they don't have the guidance, the mentorship, or just somebody to just say, hey, bro, it's whatever you're going through, it's okay. But they don't have a father at home. You know, that's a big thing, too. People act out when they don't have, you know, they didn't remove the black father from the family, so. That's definitely true. What, so what made you kind of step into that space of even wanting to do that? Um, really, like I said, I, I got a job at a school and just instantly fell in love with the, the kids that I was working with, my first year students. Those are still the boys that we mentor to today, the boys that work here at the restaurant. So we've been with them for like six years. They went from being our students to our mentors and now they work here. So we just so kind of- did, How them. did you go about finding this space? Cause it looked like a bando for real. So um, tell us the process you went through finding this space so in order to find the space i really just i don't i don't do a lot of online and calling i get in my car and i rode around and i found it okay. like i literally found this uh, found the spot called the number met with uh you know the broker uh landlord whatever you want to call it 
Um, and we, you know, negotiated the deal and went from there. How long have it been open? Uh, we've been open for two years now, going on three. If you could tell yourself something two years ago, you could go back, what would you tell yourself before you get into the restaurant business? Uh, smoke weed every day. <laughs> <laughs> That's real. <laughs> I like that. What, so what, would, what, what are like some of the early challenges of even getting a location? Like if somebody wants to get a brick and mortar, what did you go through? Um, so we opened up during the height of COVID, Got the it. middle of COVID. So we didn't know anything about opening a business. We didn't know, we didn't know left from right. And when we were trying to open a business during COVID, everybody was closed. So you couldn't even call anybody. Everybody was on email, email, email. So, so you just basically bootstrapped it and went full right. throttle. That's, that's been the story since we started. So what's some of the problems you had like in the restaurant business? Give us like some problems. Cause I know a lot of our watchers, they want to open up a restaurant. So what kind of tips would you give them? You said problems? Yeah, problems. You only said 30 minutes though, right? We got time. We got time. I would say the biggest problem would be overhead. Like overhead is a bitch. Like the overhead is astronomical. Uh, th there's things that you can't, you can't predict the heat, you know, the, the, the hood breaking down. You can't predict the AC going out. You can't predict the door breaking down. You can't predict the fryer. Like it, it's, at this point, it's just like, Every week is like, okay, what, what's next? Like, come on, come on, what's gonna break down this week? Like, so would you say that's just business, one, like in general, to where? And I know I, I had restaurants. <laughs> so how was it like the, the food inspector? How is that? How often do they come? Uh, the food inspector. Well, since it was COVID, they came one time, and the food inspector, like she. So I knew somebody that worked at the health department that got them to come out, and we was like, she was cool. So it, it, we've never had a problem with the health department. Even last time they came, um, they came back out. You know, like they. We don't have the problem out of them. What's the reaction when they come in and they do they jump or do they say? Well, the first the first uh, health inspector that we had, we had to remind her to do the health inspection. She got so caught up in the art <laughs> to where she didn't even come in the kitchen. It's like we had to literally say, "Come on, we ready." Like <laughs> so, the other health inspector, same thing. Like they, I think they're so caught up with the art, the art of the because it, it 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 reminds people of you know a pastime and stuff like that. To where we get a lot of. Uh, respect from individuals like, you know, in the city and things like that. Like, if, you don't, if you don't mind me asking, was the health inspector black or white? Uh, black. Okay. Yeah, yeah they definitely got caught yeah. up, right? Me in Atlanta, so I yeah. About I, say, I didn't even know they had white health inspectors. <laughs> okay. okay. So would you, would you do it again? Would I do the bando again? That, that, I don't know. I don't know. I'm 50, 50 on it. It depends. Um, I would do Explain, it give, give us like the 50 50, give us a scale. Um, the 50 this way. Yeah, the pros and the cons of like why you. I would say giving up like personal time. Okay. Uh, giving up a lot of personal time is one thing that I, I'm not gonna say I didn't anticipate, but I didn't anticipate it to be that unrewarding. Um, and I understand that. Unrewarding, explain that. Like, tell us what's unrewarding about owning a restaurant. Because I know a lot of people, it's their dream to own a restaurant and or a business period, but specifically a restaurant. I think that social media specifically today makes owning a business look glamorous. It makes it look like it's the thing to do. And if you're not, you know, working for yourself, then you're working for the man. And a lot of time it's yeah. like, no. It's like, better to work yeah, for like, the man and, and learn the system yeah, somehow, like, right? Or be on the team, yeah. yeah. We need people at McDonald's. Like, right. there you like go. everybody's valuable at something and not everybody's meant to be a business owner. So I would say that to circle back to the question, I would do it again, I would do it differently because the sacrifice that I've given up for my personal life is astronomical. Um, 
the financial losses that I've taken thus far. Give us some of the financial losses you would say, you would tell the people. Um, I mean, all of them. What you, uh, there's no money. <laughs> it's, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty yeah. self-explanatory. Like I went the first year, I know that people say, you know, don't use your own money. I went the first year pretty much paying for marketing out of my pocket. And even when I look back at the trajectory of marketing that we have um, went through. And you can't do business without marketing, just right. so the people know. But we, we haven't done marketing in a whole year almost. And I'm, I'm like, I'm always like, damn, I'm beating myself up. I'm wondering why and why and why. I'm like, no nigga, you broke. <laughs> you paid for the shit the first year. Yeah. And then I, I'm, I'm like, I'm sitting here thinking about it like, no, you're broke. That's why you're not doing marketing. Yeah, yeah. So now we just kind of revamping and getting back to it. But you're right, marketing is key and marketing is a bitch. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, because it's throwing money in the air and hoping it'll stick sometime with marketing, right? Mm -hmm. And then he creates his own marketing. So. Yeah, I'm about to say, it definitely sticks. It shit hits. I'm about to say, <laughs> it shit hits. It sticks. Like, that, that's one thing that we, we pride ourselves on marketing more than food almost like people don't understand that's how we survived during covid nobody was coming out during so did COVID. you look at some other streams of income like making a youtube maybe building you know getting paid from instagram facebook all Since of that so but good at, at the marketing when piece. you when you working in the business instead of on the business yeah right? you don't have time to really create those other streams of income or really get and like i said everybody's got advice for somebody but everybody fucked up Correct. Yeah. You know yeah. So, There's no business that you can start that you don't fuck up. I had a conversation with people all the time. And that's one thing that I'm learning. Like just turning 30, I'm like, okay, it's go time. Like it's really, it's really time. And you know, to us wake as males, our mind switch at 30. Like just talking to them. Like I've been in business since 17, and when I turned 30, I was like, I, I started a whole new path. So I think you will get at it because you really got the pieces, but you just got to put all the pieces together. Mm -hmm. Have the right personnel. That's that's definitely vital and key. I'm learning that. Teamwork make the dream work. That shit is people real. People over profit is one of my yeah. favorite things I like to say. Yeah. And then even his situation, giving people an opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> he said, I want the profit. But giving people nah. an opportunity because the thing about it is, it's like it's creating a long-term reputation for you, mm -hmm. especially in business. Like, bro, it's you didn't about character, too. Yeah. yeah people going to be like, yo, Terry was the and best manager or whatever I've ever had. That is like all jokes aside, it's one thing that we definitely pride ourselves on. Like, we specifically hire people from the community. We're hiring so. boys that need to be off the street. And leaders, hiring, leaders usually yeah. last anyway. People don't. Exactly. And we're hiring women that are eight months pregnant who can't get a job. Like, no, even though it's illegal to say I'm not going to hire women, ain't nobody hiring nobody eight right. months back. Right. Like, we are. We're giving people chances. And one thing that I can say that is different to pretty much everybody who started a business or had one before COVID, like, everybody that I've talked to, we've retained the same staff for two going on three years. Like, the same people, like I think we need to make some noise for that. There we go. That, yeah, yeah, that shit is not easy, bro. Yeah. People will leave. They ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean like they, but nah, they like family, so it's like we, it's a lot. But so we go deep and dive into your monthly revenue. What? So you would say you are negative every month? Or do do you do the books or do we're how not, do you do? We're it? not. So my business partner handles a lot of the financial stuff. Um, I kind of oversee like the weekly stuff. Um, we're not negative like in the books, but we're always catching up on something. So like, for example, we might profit one week, but we're not actually profiting because we was behind all the other weeks. And we right. got in such a slump this year to where it was like, yeah, 
yeah. people people don't care about it and they don't because they look at you like you in business so you, you should, should be money. making money and it's so like you know which with your vendors how do you pay do you pay them weekly or is it like a net 30 uh, we have like i think we have a net 14 now okay. uh, we were trying to get up to net 30 but our credit shit, so that's <laughs> it's all right um but at one point like people don't understand when we opened up during COVID, there was no vendors. We were, I'm not gonna say we were the most popular wing restaurant in Atlanta, but nobody was going to fuck. I mean, yeah. we like we had lines from the front door to back here during COVID. Mm. Correct. The thing is we did not have a vendor. We could not get a vendor. When we went to these vendors- So what was you getting your chicken for? We were having to go to DeKalb every day, picking up 10 to 15 boxes. These vendors were not giving us chicken. Like they would say, oh, you got to pay cash on delivery. How the fuck I'm paying 20 bit? Like, come on. Right, yeah. right, And right. then the other thing was they would be like, oh. And how much would the chicken be? Talking about like. If um, you had the line wrapped around, how much would the chicken be? You mean like the, the cases? Yeah. Cost of chicken was like 170. Okay. But see, I we, we opened up during COVID. So my bad, I hit the mic. Um, We opened up during COVID. So I didn't know that chicken before that was like 50, $60 yeah. a box. So we're. At one point, we're making profit with chicken that is, you know, yeah. sky high. And we like, okay, we doing straight. But eh, I don't so know. So you would tell somebody it's not a, a lot of profit in a restaurant, basically. It it's not, but then there's times when I could see where it could be. So it, it's like tell us about those times where you see where it could be. Um, those are the times when our bills are paid. Um, <laughs> those are the times like when our, our rent is paid. So, like, so what do you think is different during those times versus the times where it's just like, okay, this shit ain't making sense? Um, like when you're like, okay, we had a good week. What does that entail? Like, is the weather perfect? Is sometimes it, it's the weather. It's not. Sometimes it's not even the weather. Sometimes it's just like our finances have to be in order. Like if we are behind, I'm not gonna say it's hard to catch up, but it's harder to catch up now because we're only open on the weekends. Okay. So we used to be. What open. made you guys switch to only being open on the weekends? Um, we wanted to just kind of allocate all of our resources, funds, inventory to being open Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. With having the same staff for two going on three years almost, when they work Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, by Friday they're not coming to work. Yeah. God, they are People not coming to work. That, yeah. And if they do come to work Friday, they're not coming to work on a Saturday. They come to work like so. It became okay. We were overstaffing because people weren't coming to work. I was missing out on personal, you know. People call off, the business still open, so we switched to weekends only. And initially, the first six, seven. And what weeks, problems like would you being overstaffed? Was the payroll over? Payroll the was too high. Yeah, payroll was too high. But when we were open on weekends only, we initially were doing great. Everything was going good, and I was keeping detailed books of the weekly marketing of the weekly. And how much are you spending on marketing when you're saying you did the first year yourself? How much are you spending on marketing per week? Oh, you talking about the first year? Yeah. The first year we weren't paying weekly. We were doing like big production videos. So the videos might range from, you know, 500 to 1500 because you have to pay for it. Like, I'm not just writing the, 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 the videos. I'm directing the videos. I'm casting the videos. So I have to pay people to be in the videos. I'm costume designing the videos myself. So I'm having to buy all the costumes. So like it, it, it I'm not gonna say it can get expensive, but one thing that I can say is we haven't dropped pretty much any content in 12 months. People are still watching videos that we posted in 2021. That's right. the power of marketing. So content is king to you. It's not even content, it's quality. 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 I like that. Like man. it's quality. I don't like, you. the first thing people, the, when you walk into the band if you want a job, do you have an Android? If you have an Android, you cannot work here. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all laughing, I'm dead ass I, I know, serious. I'm like, serious. I'm dead because ass when it, 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 I, I, I can because see it. Because number one, you fucking up my group text. And, <laughs> 
Like, I hate that shit. Like, my marketing guy gonna be watching this. We said we was adding him to the iPhone. That God is funny. You heard that? We even tried to buy buy staff iPhone. Be like, yo, like. We can't do this like but nah like quality matters to me marketing matters and content matters but i think what i specialize in is cultural marketing saying saying shit that people like we have when we do post and like talk on the page of social media we have businesses from everywhere right like, yo you know we wish we could say that we wish we could say that a lot of i'm not gonna lie a lot of stuff we can say because we're the band though so it's like they're expecting you right to say like yeah. but it's not even the bando. It's like it's 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 how we feel. It's how I feel. Like I'm a Sagittarius, so if I feel something, boom, it's gonna come and off. Then like you got that. the same name, and we both Sagittarius. When's your birthday? <laughs> November twenty third, twenty fifth. Following Thanksgiving in four years. Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Lightning about to strike yeah. this motherfucker. <laughs> so it's like that's. So that's, you very blunt. Yeah, like I'm very blunt. Yeah. Very. We were talking about that earlier. Yeah, that's like, crazy. You be telling me that's that. crazy as hell. Like when we're here, like at the restaurant, because so one thing I will say is I'm an owner, but I. Oh shit! Well, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm an owner, but I'm the creative director. But I also I work. Like I don't go in no office and sit my ass down. I work. Owner, I ain't operator, goddamn it. And the thing is, even if we were fully operational without it, I feel, who is it? Ronda Rose? I'm not a do nothing ass bitch. Mm-hmm. Like I have oh, yeah. to like I have to get up and walk around and talk. Cause to you people. feel like you ain't going to your full right. potential. Right. Like I'm just like, and I know I can step away and do other things, which I do sometimes, but. I do enjoy working here. I enjoy being in the community. I enjoy, it's like family. We work with the same people. But it's people. almost like sometimes you can switch to like a non-profit and get like, I'm just giving you a business idea and switch to get donations. No, no we are a non-profit. Yeah, they are, yeah. Like, we're, we're, we're a non-profit. Okay. We're not making any profit. We're a non-profit. Like, we're a non-profit. Like, we're, no, I'm talking about like, not on paper, goddammit, but we're talking about like legitimately a non-profit. So you can, you know, you can raise money that way. You know, just an idea. We wanted to, one time we had a mentorship program. It was just the, the, the what is it, 50136? Yeah. It's, it's a lot harder to get than a- Correct. Yeah, than an LLC. Yeah. They want you to goddamn be a gymnast and yeah. jump through a hoop. And, <laughs> yeah. Give a little blood. Right, and, I'm like, but you know, maybe you can holler at me out there. And I, I didn't help people set it up. That's no. something that we definitely need to get back to because we have mentorship program with boys and that's what we really want to do is step away and still have the boys here so we can, okay, come to the back. Why the fuck Cause you it sounds like you want to be more like a non-profit than a uh, for-profit. But non-profits make money. Don't get it twisted. Yeah, yeah. non-profit <laughs> don't mean you don't make profit. You make money. Don't it get it twisted. You can open up the doors and get some funding to help. Right. Tax credits. Grants and all kinds of yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, especially with what you're doing, I mean, I think that would be something that people would want to get behind. A lot of people would want to get behind it just to, you know, mm-hmm. the band up. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so just a quick pivot, uh, just a quick question. So what is your, especially how involved you are with young men in their lives and, and being impactful, what's your views on Deion Sanders? Uh, who? Deion Sanders and I Coach mean, Prime and the, and the... So like the thing is, one thing I'll say that um, I used to be very like, I'm not going to say used to be pro-black, I just... Like I went to school for sociology and focused on black plight. Like I went to get my master's in African American studies. I'm not gonna say I stopped giving a fuck. Niggas stopped listening, so I stopped just <laughs> yeah. like yeah. it just became like I'm tired of it. But one thing I will say with Deion Sanders is like black people mm, can't say that. Yes, you can. 
trying to think of the right way of where to get. I'm 50-50 because Deion Sanders did create a movement, so it was like, yeah, man, like, yeah. But you know, but, they was saying like either he was gonna get fired. Yeah, and or he had to leave. The, the other part of me is like, why do black people have to be complacent? Why can't we elevate? Why can't we, you know, succeed without being considered a sellout? Like, why do we have to be so monolithic when it comes to success? Like, so with Deion Sanders, I feel like a lot of black people should take this approach. Like, I forgot who said it, Wayne, something like, if you ain't fucking me, feeding me, financing me, I don't care what you do. Like, get your money. Uh, if you're not disturbing the culture or the peace, like, I mean, he gave, what, two, three years there? Yeah. Like, he paid out a lot out of his own pocket. That's what I'm saying. And, and they didn't and talk about- he got about, a lot of donors. And they didn't talk about him getting, uh, his stuff getting broken into. Like, yeah, you know yeah, like, yeah, yeah, that too. We know he created sponsorship opportunities. <laughs> he generated a lot of income in that That's area. Like, a created a lot of jobs. I know for interest. me though, I would have a, I know me, I get attached easily. So like, I don't get attached so when you, I so do you get have attached. an addictive personality. Um, That's what people tell me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's like, what that's what my partner always tell me. He'd be like, bro, how can you cuss out the staff and they still come and dap you up the next day? <laughs> he was like, I say one thing and they don't talk to me for a week. <laughs> Yeah. Different show for them folks. I, was, I don't know. Like, yeah, you're a real Sagittarius. Yeah, like, it, <laughs> I, I think the difference is between me and my partner, too. I don't give a fuck. Like, you can be mad. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, I'm going to walk right by you and not give a fuck. Like, but so you still going like, to get the job right. done and you still going to. I dare you to say something. Right. Yeah. Like, but I don't walk around like with my chest out like that it works, but. Every now and then, you know, I do have to assert myself. But for the most part, I don't really like everybody just gets it now. Like we work, we work together. Like that's what it is. Because I realize that it's a team effort. Like if you gonna ride with me for two years, you you on you know, my team. You yeah. Facts. <laughs> so I love it. I love it. Any other questions you can think of? So if you could go back and you say. You, you're not making any profit. What can turn your business around if you had a genie, basically? Somebody that can come in and just say, I'm gonna give you capital. What would turn your business around? What would you do different? Um, the only thing I would do differently is pay off a few a few debts. And um, over the last two years, I know that I would just alter things. Because for us, quarter four is always like, it's a fucking drag. Like, it's a drag, but we just have to prepare more for quarter four because quarter one, two, three, we're pretty much, you know, rolling. Yeah. Like quarter four used to be better when we switched up the art. So we had a whole Christmas theme. This year was supposed to be Friday after next theme. A whole Dope. Christmas extravaganza, but broke. <laughs> like, so it was like, you know, really? but we're about to revamp and remodel in the next like four to five weeks. So we know we're going to be busy. I'm really. I'm really about to get out of my own way, and that's one of the things that held us back last year, so or this year. So that that's what's really going to help me next year. I know. So, so thank you guys for tuning in to Real Business Talk TV with Terrence Alexander, Israel Wright, that the Bando himself. Let's All right, y'all, go. <laughs>